What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of the Deep Ball Diamond Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Chris Brox. And Brox, even though it's football season, dude, doesn't matter. Baseball season's in the home stretch. We got one more week of the regular season, and finally the playoffs are here. And, I mean, the standings, they keep changing up. So we're here to uh, provide you with our analysis and uh, kind of give you our predictions to see who's going to finish the uh, regular season strong and hopefully carry that momentum into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, from the last time we recorded, I don't think the Cardinals have lost a game. So I think we're going uh, on a crazy uh, last week of baseball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we mentioned in that episode that the Cardinals were kind of coming out of nowhere and really making themselves a threat in the second wildcard spot. I mean, I think they just had taken the second game from the Mets, if I believe, when we recorded. Since yeah. then, I mean, they've continued their win streak. They've won 16 straight games. They're, they've all but clinched the second wildcard spot. I believe now they're what, like five games up with uh, their magic numbers, probably one or two. So in all likelihood, it looks like the Cardinals will go be that second wildcard team and probably travel to Los Angeles to play the Dodgers. If not, they'll play the San Francisco Giants. But um, listen, obviously, they're hot at the right time. I think this year we've said this a lot that it seems like kind of the league's pretty wide open. So if you're peaking at the right time as a team, like, you know, what I mean, you could go pretty far. I mean, we saw two years ago the Nationals were a wild card team, the second wild card. Oh, no, they were actually the first wild card team. But point remains, you know what I mean? They were down late in that wild card game. Juan Soto gets a big hit, and then they ride that momentum all the way to win a World Series. So maybe we have a similar situation in St. Louis. I don't know. They did just get Jack Flaherty back, who's their ace, him and Wainwright. I believe they're also getting Dakota Hudson back, who's been out a little bit. Uh, obviously, at the back end of their bullpen, they got Gaelos, who's been closing recently. Alex Reyes is in more of a like a setup role and getting some high leverage outs um, before the ninth inning. So, yeah, who knows? I think this Cardinals team, like I said, flew under the radar, kind of disappointed. I believe you had them to win the Central, right, before we did in the preseason? Uh, yeah, definitely did. Yeah, so me and you, them getting Nolan Arenado, has been a little disappointing, I would say, his first season. Look, we, we knew there was potential there. They end up getting hot late. And uh, ultimately, yeah, it looks like they're going to be in the playoffs. For, so good for, good for the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, dude, it's it's been a crazy month September for them. They play absolute pristine baseball. Um, and if I'm I'm gonna guess they're gonna play the Dodgers. And if I'm the Dodgers, man, like it's one game. It's not like you have to play this team a few times. It's one game where you feel like they can the Cardinals can squeak it out. Like I I texted you like watch Tommy Edmund Edmund hit like a little blooper off of Jansen in the ninth inning to win the game or to take the lead. Like I have, a, I have a feeling that the Cardinals are going to escape the wild card and go straight to the NLDS. So I don't know. I think that I like this. I like the wild card game um, with a, a really hot team and then one of the best teams in baseball clashing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I've always been on the like the side of that. If you're going to have the best pitcher going in the wild card game, obviously put you at such an advantage. But then, I mean, you're also a scorching hot team, too. So, like, you know what I mean? Both teams probably are going to collide and uh, I guess we'll see which one wins out. I mean, St. Louis kind of, they've been anchored all year. I said Arenado did, has had a disappointing year. He's only hitting 255 away from, uh, like in his first season away from Coors Field, 33 home runs still. But I mean, Paul Goldschmidt has kind of turned back the clock a little bit, had a great year as well as Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill has been on a lot of people's breakout list these past couple of years and he's really turned it up even recently during their win streak too. I mean, the guy has 32 bombs too, uh, stolen 14 bases, plays a good left field for them. Uh, they got a good center fielder, too. Uh, Bader. The Harrison Bader is their center fielder. Uh, trying to give Yadier Molina. I know he said he was coming back for one more year, but trying to give him another postseason run. And, uh, yeah, him and Adam Wainwright, I guess, will form a good uh, battery mate. Um, you think Wainwright started in the wild card game, right? As crazy as it sounds, 
I think you almost have to with Flaherty come off injury and the way Wainwright's pitched and his experience. I think you have to. It sounds crazy, but you have to. I would agree, and I think that Reyes should be up early in that game available in the bullpen. I think he's been one of their most trustworthy relievers. I know in the second half, he kind of did lose that closer role. But again, I think it's more of the fact that it does also give him, uh, like he can go multiple innings. You know what I mean? This is a guy who came up as a top end starting prospect. Like, uh, so he's been stretched out before. You know what I mean? He's been going two innings uh, this September. So I think, you know, a wild card game like that, you could easily count on him for two, three innings even. So that helps you shorten the game and uh, could potentially cause the Dodgers or even the Giants some fits. But uh, let's look at kind of the other teams who kind of missed out on this wild card race. And I was really between the Reds as well as the Padres. Um, I guess you could say the Mets to an extent, but I don't know. I really didn't take the Mets into we'll, we'll say the Mets before we talk about the division. Cause I feel like <laughs> I feel like they were more um, looking to go that avenue into the playoffs. But I mean, the, are the San Diego Padres the biggest disappointment this year? By no doubt. No doubt in my mind, man. That's actually ridiculous. Like, I didn't realize, uh, I think it was maybe last Thursday or Friday, one thing I eliminated, I didn't realize it was that early. I'm like, I didn't realize that they were that far out um, already. Um, it's actually ridiculous. They, I would say depleted their farm system, but they emptied the tent. They emptied a, a decent amount of prospects out, man, over the winter. And it, I don't know how they make the playoffs this year. It's, it still blows my mind. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you bring in, obviously, Joe Musgrove in the offseason, who's been the best of the three pitchers. And I mentioned Musgrove first because of that. I mean, you, Darvish, and Blake Snell both have over a four ERA this year, which, again, I mean, that is just brutal. Like, these guys were – you gave up serious uh, compensation for these guys. And I know Blake Snell did get hot uh, as the season got on, honestly. He pitched really well in um, – like August going into September too, but then he got hurt. He hasn't made a start in a couple of weeks there. Chris Paddock hasn't looked good at all. He's kind of struggled really since his rookie year there. Uh, obviously Mike Clevenger too was on the IL this whole season. He didn't miss it. Uh, Lamette kind of a tough year too. Cause he was, he was, I'm trying to think when he got injured last year. I know he got, he got injured like late last year and then he got injured like in the beginning of the year, this year. So they were, they were using him for like two, three innings. He, I don't know, he just never got it going in the starting rotation. So that was always a big area of concern for them. I mean, they honestly got a really good year out of what's his name at the back end of their bullpen, Mark Melanson. I think mm-hmm. he, at one point he was, uh, he's got to be close still for the league leader and saves in the national league. I'm sure he's up there, but Tatis was hurt a little bit, even with Tatis only playing 124 games. I mean, still right in the MVP conversation, but yeah, they go out and they get Adam Frazier at the trade deadline. That wasn't enough. Uh, I think AJ Preller's got a lot on his plate because, again, if you would have told him that after all those moves, your team wouldn't be in the playoffs, I think he'd say that's a massive disappointment for a team that was supposed to be competing with the Dodgers all year. It seems like that the San Francisco Giants have taken that role and then the Padres have kind of fell off a little bit. The Padres also play the Dodgers and the Giants this week like to finish up their season at 78 and 78. I think it's a real possibility that the Padres finish under 500, which is just disgusting. Oh, dude. I mean, that, that'd be absolutely insane. Like, I mean, it's obvious. I think it'll happen. I mean, I don't think they'll win more than two games against those teams. Like some teams like the, I'm going to throw the Mets in here, but the Mets and the Padres, like teams that middle of the year, man, you're like, all right, these teams are like, they should make that at least. I mean, the Mets had that division and the Padres had the wild card. Like, these teams should have been in the playoffs, man. It was just been a really a bad summer to forget, man, for these teams, especially the Padres. I don't know. I just like the hype around them and then Tatis having the, the year he's having. Like, there's no way they should miss the playoffs. 
Um, but you know what? One, the one reason is honestly is the Giants. It's the Giants coming out of nowhere and just absolutely stealing their thunder. Yeah, for sure. They definitely threw a wrench in the Padres' plans. I think the Padres, again, they got so overlooked. Like, they overlooked the Giants so much because they were like, oh, it's just going to be us and the Dodgers. And then it's like, oh, well, you forgot that the Giants are also a real competitor in this. So, yeah, obviously the Padres, though, they're still – I don't believe they're losing anybody. Uh, I mean, from maybe like Melanson. But, you know what I mean? That core, for the most part, is still intact. I know when they traded for Frazier, too, he had another year of control on him. So – I'm sure that the Padres, again, will be a competitor this year. I wouldn't be surprised, again, if they're pretty aggressive come the offseason and try to make a big move again. Because actually, now that I'm thinking of it, I think actually Darvish is a free is a pending free agent. Because yeah. uh, that's why, the, yeah, that's why the Cubs dealt to me. All right, so I, I apologize. On that. So Darvish is the pending free agent there. So, again, I don't know. It wasn't great for him. I don't know if he um, takes a, a, like a crazy long-term deal somewhere. Maybe he does like more of a shorter prove-it deal and then tries to get one more big payday after that. I know he's getting up there a little bit. But enough with the Padres. We'll kind of move to another division that is still up in the air a little bit, but I guess we'll stay on the uh, spectrum of disappointment. And we'll go with the New York Mets, perhaps, because you New York Mets, by in on July 31st, I mean, per, all percentages showed that they'd probably run away with this division. I think the clear-cut turning point in your season was when you got swept by Philadelphia that weekend, and then you lost your division lead. I, I think since then you haven't had it back, right? Oh, no shot. I mean, if you told me on July 31st, that we would get Javi Baez because we did get him that day. He would bat over 300 with the Mets, but then we would not be even close for the division lead. Like, that's a year insane. Like, the Mets had a division lead for over 100 days, and they're, they already clinched a, another losing season. That's never happened before. That's absurd. Yeah, it, it is. And like you said, like, Javi Baez's tenure as a Met is going to ultimately go down as, like, a failure. But, I mean, you were even saying to me, it's, like, almost felt like he's performed just as well as Cespedes did down their stretch. It just stinks that nobody else did. So, like, the team success obviously outweighs the personal, the player success. So, again, I think it's crazy. Yeah, the Mets at 73 and 82, they have – the Mets actually have a worse record than the Detroit Tigers, which, mm-hmm. like, is crazy if you think about because a couple months ago, like I said, the Mets were making serious playoff push. Obviously, health was a big issue for this team. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom really, again, didn't give you anything in the second half and stuff like that. But that's unlucky. Noah Syndergaard was never really able to truly make it back to. So, you know, it sucks. I've, obviously, again, I think there's big changes impending in the Mets from a like, general manager standpoint even and maybe even a managerial standpoint. I think that Luis Rojas might be a little bit of a scapegoat in this situation. But, again, now with Steve Cohen, I'm sure that the Mets will be pretty aggressive this offseason. And maybe, again, uh, come 2022, they'll have a lot of reinforcements and hopefully, for your sake at least, um, be more equipped to uh, deal with the dog days of August. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of changes. I, I have a feeling that Rojas will be gone, even though I think he deserves another shot. Um, but I think the front office is going to change a lot. They're going to really bring in some high IQ baseball guys. Like I'm hoping like a guy like Theo Epstein comes to the Mets. That's the biggest thing they need right now is the front office. Um, obviously, personnel on the field has to change, too. Guys like J.D. Davis, Dom Smith, even Jeff McNeil may be gone. Um, I think they also got to re-sign a few guys, too, like Marcus Stroman. has thrown, has 32 starts this year as a sub-3 ERA. Um, that's a guy you're going to want in your team next year. Baez has shown that he can play in New York and exceed expectations and play with his best friend. So I think um, you got to re-sign those guys. you got to spend on the market. There's going to be a lot of stuff the Mets are going to do this offseason. Um, I mean, they're not on the on a bad track. They still have, you know, obviously have Lindor locked up with a bad year, but he'll probably turn it around. Um, Alonso's having a good year. I mean, it was a wasted year for him, but he's having a really solid year all around. So, I mean, it'll be a lot of changes for the Mets, and 
hopefully, I mean, I believe in them more now that they have Steve Cohen, but hopefully that come next uh, April next year, we have a, a solid lineup, but uh, it's another, another tough year. Yeah, for sure. Another tough year. And I think also what's, it's going to go down as a missed opportunity because the Atlanta Braves did lose Ronald Acuna Jr. And they still had a deficit and they were still able to overcome that. I think uh, right now they hold a two and a half game lead on the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies and the Braves play each other three game series this week. So I'd love to see how that's going to go down to. And again, we've mentioned with the Phillies all year again, like that their bullpen was just going to end up blowing up and like, their pitching this year just wasn't good enough. Unfortunately for Bryce Harper and how good he's been in the second half, I ultimately think they fall just short because, again, the Atlanta Braves lineup is just, again, unbelievable. Uh, they finally got healthy. Max Freed had a complete 180. He was struggling heavy in the first month, two months of the season, but he's really turned it around. I think he just threw, like, a complete game the other day against the Padres. I believe it was a complete game shutout. It was in that um, second game. Like, they had, like, a suspended game, and then they made it up after that. He pitched really well on that. So – yeah, I mean, like I said, they're getting – it looks like they got right at the right time. I mean, Freddie Freeman's been great. Another guy got off to a slow start. And the most underrated player on the Atlanta Braves this year has been Austin Riley, who is, like, he's not going to get – he's going to get MVP votes. He's not going to win the MVP, but, I mean, he deserves some recognition because he's right up there with some of the best players in the National League this year. He's had one hell of a season. Dude, I as much as I want to say Riley's been the most underrated guy, it's been Adam Duvall who leads the NL yeah. in RBIs. <clears throat> You're right. Dude. I mean, their deadline consisted of Ricardo Rodriguez, who they got who Bryce Wilson for him. So that's a like a hefty price for a really good closer. Um, and they got basically nothing for uh, for Duvall and Jorge Soler, which Soler has been really good too. And then obviously Duvall has been absolutely insane. So just to add to like obviously they're they're really good infield of Freeman, um, Albies, Swanson, and Austin Riley, who's having a sick year. Um, the Braves just proved that they're just they're a really good team and you know a tough start's not gonna put them down the rest of the year. And if they're losing the, the best one of the best players in baseball, they're they picked it up. I mean, honestly, their pitching's picked it up too. Max Fried has woken up. Um Ian Anderson has pitched better too, even though he was hurt. Um their bullpen too has been pretty solid. So the Braves just picked it up because they're a good team. That's it. That's the way I see it. The Mets fell because they are were not a good team and they weren't competent enough to to fight um, through end of July and all of August. Yeah, I mean, you also mentioned, too, Eddie Rosario was another pickup who they got basically for free from the Cleveland Indians, who, again, has given them good at-bats down the stretch. I think he just did for the cycle, actually, a couple weeks ago as well. But, yeah, they've leaned on their infield all year. I think they're, like, one of the first infields that they all have, like, over 25 home runs. Dansby Swanson's at 27. All the other ones are over 30. So, I mean... I don't, I don't think that's ever happened before. Like I just said, like for every starter in your infield, over four, 30 home runs in the season, which is nuts. You mentioned, yeah, Ian Anderson gets back healthy. Again, this team was up 3-1 in the NLCS last year against the Los Angeles Dodgers. They have the experience in the playoffs these last few years. Uh, I'd love to see them make a good run at it. It looks like that they're probably going to play the Milwaukee Brewers in the first round of the playoffs, which I will kind of save that for our next episode where we're previewing all of our series, but I'm definitely excited for that series. It's a shame that Ronald Acuna is not there, but yeah, it looks like the Braves, if you ask me my prediction, at least is that they're going to beat the Phillies two out of three and just put them away in this division race, uh, which kind of stinks for the Phillies in a sense, because yeah, they wasted a good year out of Bryce Harper, a great year out of Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler too, who honestly, uh, they took a chance on him five years, $118 million on a guy who like, would have it sometimes, and then other times he would look very vulnerable, uh, as you would know firsthand. I think, what did uh, the old GM of the Mets say? He said, like, you can't pay somebody, like, 118 on, like, just potential or something. 
he parlayed two decent second halves into six years, one twenty million dollars. So I had some that's what he said. He, he like he parlayed two good years, two good mm. halves into a big contract and, and didn't want to pay the money. I mean, honestly, the money, that's a lot of money for a pitcher. It is had, has arm issues, but as it's shown that it was obviously worth it. But it is you know what? Honestly, if the Mets resign him, there's no shot he turns out like this. So it's it's a lose lose. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not saying I don't I honestly thought the Mets the right move was him to walk. I think Wheeler again, maybe the change of scenery also helps. But yeah, when a guy like Aaron Nola, who was supposed to be the ace of that staff, kinda took a step back this year, Wheeler really stepped up again in the running for the NL Cy Young Award, leads all NL pitchers in war this year. Uh, he's been somebody that they can lean on all year. It's a shame, again, that they're going to fall just short because of him. Another guy that's been really good for the Phillies this year is Ranger Suarez. He's been unbelievable. I mean, again, a guy with a 1.45 ERA. He started in the bullpen this year, and then they just extended him out. He just threw a complete game this past weekend, Like, and I have to double-check that because, again, like the guy's like all, all year the guy was thrown out of the bullpen. Then he was opening for them. He was throwing like three innings, and then he was able to stretch out all the way to a starter. Like I said, he's put up great numbers. I'm definitely – Interested to see him in the years to come because, again, that's just like he just came really out of nowhere. Like that Phillies bullpen was so bad, he was the one bright spot of it. And they're like, yo, let's start, uh, let's put you in the starting rotation. Uh, they also did trade for Kyle Gibson too. Uh, didn't have a great second half. I think they would have liked more out of him. But again, another team who kind of like at least they swung at the deadline, similar to the Mets, maybe different results from Baez, but disappointing in that sense because they truly believe that they were a playoff contender and. Ultimately, it looks like unless they can get scorching hot this week, they will fall short. But one thing I will say is that they, they can't exit a better situation. They do play the Braves. If they sweep the Braves, like technically they control their own destiny. They went out, they're in. So uh, I don't think it'll happen, but uh, that's all you can ask for right now if you're the Phillies. I mean, if the Phillies, even if they sweep the Braves, the Mets play the Braves over the weekend. So they're they're just going to tease themselves. Um, if I'm the Phillies, just lose a few games, just lose the division now. Because they're going to tease themselves into into winning the division, but then the Mets are obviously not going to sweep the Braves over the weekend for them. So <laughs> I think it's a it's a lost cause at this point, which sucks for guys like Bryce Harper who is having a great year. But I mean, it's a little it's too little too late for me. I mean, I know they were close. They're like what a game out over the weekend. Like that's great, but it's too little too late for them. I mean, they they blew all their chances in August when they got I think it was swept by the Diamondbacks and like all that. Like. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's teams like the Braves. They took care of it, their games against bad teams. And the Mets and Phillies are not. That's that's the story of the season, as well. So. Yeah, Brax. I mean, that sounds similar to a team that I'll, we'll kind of talk about now. I mean, talk about a team not being able to take care of uh, under 500 teams and really leaving it open until the last week of the season. I mean, the New York Yankees, uh, they've won their last six straight. They swept the Texas Rangers. And then this past weekend, they go into Fenway against the Boston Red Sox and catch them in the wild card standings with an absolutely must-have series. I mean, as a Yankees fan, this is one of my favorite series of the years by far. John Carlos Stanton was unbelievable. The fact that people can still slander this man is ridiculous. He's worth all the money in the world. The home run that he hit on Saturday to take the lead, the grand slam, and then Sunday again when we were up one to give us some insurance. But yeah, again, they were going into that series. They were uh, behind the Red Sox by two games. Now they are one game up on the Red Sox, puts them two games above the Toronto Blue Jays. They have a huge series starting uh, on Tuesday with the Toronto Blue Jays. So again, Yankees, they control their own destiny. They win two out of three against the Blue Jays. They put themselves in a good situation, but you win all three against the Blue Jays. You put them away and you are guaranteed to be in the playoffs. So I would love that for the New York Yankees. And 
Uh, yeah, again, the Tari Connects for in a series that they absolutely had to have in Boston. They got it. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. Huge series against the Red Sox. Um, obviously, besides being uh, rivals, it's a huge series to, to like just regain what they had. Like, I mean, they had that crazy streak in the beginning, the end of August, beginning of September, and then and pretty cold for a few weeks. I mean, they had the the weird series against the Mets, and they lost to the Orioles. Like, they were sliding down, but then you know what? They rose to the occasion against the Red Sox, and they not they're a game ahead. So, I mean, still the job's not done though. I mean, Blue Jays have actually not been playing as great recently, but um, they got to win these games. At least, you know, I don't know who they want to face in the wild card game. I don't think they care, but I would not want to face the Blue Jays in the wild card. So they want to make sure that they should sweep them right here. Um, is it in Toronto or in uh, New York? It is in Toronto. It is the first time the okay. Yankees are traveling to Toronto since 2019. So, again, not, I, I, don't, I guess not ideal, but the Yankees at this point will ask for anything. Okay. I mean, it's going to be a tough series, but either way, then. I think whoever wins this series, and the Yankees are ahead. I, I think if you're the, it sucks for the Red Sox here for the Yankees right now. But um, I, what I want to see is by Sunday night we got a three-way tie for the, for the wild card. That'd be kind of cool. Well, we'll yeah, see that what would, It'd be crazy. Um, last six games. Yeah, I think we we had like a tie in I want to say 2018. I remember it was like the Cubs, the Rockies. I can't think of the other team who was tied, but there was like a there was like a three-way tie there. So I think it'd be awesome to see from a baseball fan standpoint, but me personally, I do not want to see that. Like I said, I want the Yankees to go take care of business. Uh, last weekend, they lose two out of three to the Indians. And it's like, Oh my goodness. It's like, you had to win that game. Like you had to win those games against those because of how good their schedule was coming up. I know they play the blue Jays and then they play the Rays, but the Rays probably aren't really going to be playing for anything. It looks like they're going to clinch the American league's top spot pretty soon. Uh, but the Blue Jays and the Red Sox both have a series against the Orioles this week. Red Sox also play the nationals. So for them right now, they're looking at it that you have, two series against inferior opponents, six games left. you got to win at least five of them, and you're putting yourself in a good position, uh, I guess, for them. But th- they kind of control their own destiny in a sense. And the Blue Jays, too. The Blue Jays know that if they want to get in, they got to beat the Yankees. But uh, obviously, I'm still going to ride with my Yankees in a sense. And uh, I don't know. I'm not going to pick a second wild card. I really don't care who is the second other team. I'm not going to bother thinking about it. But I ultimately, I, you know what I will? I think it's going to be the Red Sox because I think the Yankees will knock off the Blue Jays this week. I just think that, that the team is peaking right now. In a sense, they got hot, and uh, hopefully they can carry that momentum over into an oct- into October. They get Jamison Tyone back uh, on Tuesday. He's going to start. Jonathan Lewazic, it looks like he's also going to come back this series. And another guy who's came back uh, in that Boston series gave them two really good innings uh, on Saturday. This was Luis Severino, a guy who, again, comes back from Tommy John surgery from last year. And him out of the bullpen makes the Yankees that much more dangerous. They also brought Domingo Herman back. He hasn't pitched yet out of the bullpen, but another guy who, again, just gives Aaron Boone a lot of different options in the sixth, seventh inning to kind of shorten games and give the Yankees multiple innings. So I'm excited for what the postseason holds if the Yankees can finish the job this last week of the season. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. We could have uh, an interesting uh, postseason run. Listen, you know, the Yankees are not my favorite team. I'm not going to pick favorites here. But I do end up thinking the Yankees will take the first spot. But I have a feeling – actually, no, wait. I forgot. The Red Sox are in the, are in the second card, wild card. Um, I think the Red Sox obviously are going to take the second one too because of their schedule. You said they play the Orioles and the Nationals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if the Red Sox don't make the second wild card and because of the Nationals and the Orioles, then that's natural selection right there. Like, you obviously should not make a wild card game. So I think it will be the two rivals. 
in New York fighting um, during the wild card game. I think that'd be an absolutely insane game. So I, that's what I want to see as a fan. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely looking forward to a potential wildcard game with the Yankees in it and Garrett Cole on the map. Uh, two other teams who are kind of like right outside on the bubble, but they're going to need some help. The Seattle Mariners play the Oakland Athletics. They're both, the Seattle's two games back right now. The second wildcard, Oakland is three. They play each other this week, so whoever loses that series is out. And whoever wins that series probably needs to sweep it and then needs some help. I personally don't think that they make any noise. Um, I, don't, I don't think they like leapfrog any of the three teams that we just mentioned. What about you? Um, I mean, looking at right now, Mariners are up 8-4. Um, I mean, the Mariners being, what, two games back, I mean, they're right in it, which is kind of crazy. But uh, they got to hope that the Yankees sweep um, Toronto, and they got to hope that the Red Sox lose a game or two. Um, they're going to have to obviously the one out against the eight, sweep the A's, and then I don't know who they play um, their last three games, but they're, really, they're going to have to obviously get some help. But I think they're going to ask for the Yankees' help at this point. And they play oh, the A's, and then they play the Angels. I mean, they have it. Besides the A's, like they have a decent schedule. It's just it's honestly, the Yankees and Red Sox can go in different directions at this point. Which I think, I mean, obviously as a Yankee fan, you probably would like to play the Mariners in a one-game playoff. But I think it'd be cool to see the Mariners get back to the playoffs for the first time in what twenty years. Yeah, twenty years. But uh, unfortunately, I just don't think it's happening. No, it's far-fetched, but. Well, I mean, that'll be cool for baseball, like, you know, a, a small market team with a small payroll. I mean, I mean, basically the Rays do that, but a team like the Mariners, you know, been off the grid for a while. I think it'd be cool, but I think I'm, I'm a little dreaming right now. Yeah, I think, I think you are a little bit. Uh, let's kind of bring it back to reality in a little bit. Brox, we'll talk about a guy who just made his major league debut for a team that will definitely be playing in October, who, as they just clinched the AL East, actually, the Tampa Bay Rays. Shane Baz, the third piece who came over in that Chris Archer trade from Pittsburgh. Uh, he's thrown two starts. I believe he's only given up two runs. Again, this is just another arm that Tampa Bay could potentially even start in the playoffs because they have um, who, who, uh, Rassman, Drew Rassman is the guy's name. He came over in Rassman. that William Dominus trade. Rasmussen, that's his last name. He's been unbelievable for them too. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely he's gonna pitch for sure in one of those games. I can't, I'm blanking now on the other guy too. Um, even Luis Patino might pitch as well. Oh, that's McClenahan. The guy. McClenahan, that's the guy, the lefty. Shane McClenahan was probably gonna pitch too in a playoff game. I'd assume he'd start one of the games. Luis Patino, I'd probably slot into one of those mm-hmm. slots as well. This guy's a live arm. And then I don't know Shane Baz game four, maybe part of a bullpen game or something like that with Yarborough behind. I don't know. I think he's too good of an arm to leave off the postseason roster. And uh, yeah, I just think that he might help them down the stretch as well. Dude, I mean, the Rays, they just they just do it every year, man. We we, we doubted them kind of like we both picked the Yankees to win the AL East this year, but the Rays, they just a solid baseball team. Like the Adamas trade, like you know Willie Adamas playing great for the Brewers. But the fact that Rasmussen has absolutely gone off for the Rays just shows that they're just a glitch. They're the absolute glitch. Um, I don't know. Like the Rays, are, they're going to get the top seed in the AL, right? Yeah, they have the best record yep. in the AL. So, I mean, they'll play either the Yankees or the Red Sox probably. Um, I mean, if you're the Yankees, you want that. You want a, a repeat of – you want a revenge tour, I guess, from the last year's ALDS. thousand percent. Yeah, and then the Red Sox, I mean – I don't, the Red Sox haven't played well against the Rays this year. I mean, not many teams have, but um, we'll see. I mean, I I think the Rays, they can make another World Series run this year. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious, but I, I, I kind of believe in them this year, too. Just, you know, they're getting 
um, hitting from everywhere around the field. I mean, Randy Rosarena's not even having a great year this year, and they're still one of the top teams in baseball. Like it's they they just do it every year, man. It's unreal. Yeah, they get Wander Franco back too from injury, who's been yeah. back. Uh, so I hope he's in the playoffs. And again, Randy Rosarena is just a guy again who's built for the postseason. You can just tell from his like approach and stuff like that. He's he hasn't had a great season again. By no means bad, but like I think people would say a little disappointing. But I guarantee you, come October again, nobody's gonna want to pitch to him because of how good he was last year. I anticipate him continuing that. Nick Anderson too is back in the race. He just made his uh, season debut, I believe, uh, a couple weeks ago in September, maybe September 12th, I think. But yeah, that's a guy who was their closer last year. He was so dominant for them in the playoffs. Honestly, they used him even earlier at some points to get big outs in the sixth, seventh inning. So that's a guy who they de- desperately need to make a deep run in the playoffs. Hopefully he can get right in time. And uh, who knows? Yeah, like you said, they got a lot of arms there, and the bats have been very good for them all year. So maybe the Rays have a little bit of magic and return to the World Series from last year. But let's kind of talk about some other teams who have uh, clinched uh, in the playoffs so far, we got the San Francisco Giants, the Milwaukee Brewers have clinched the Central, the Rays, obviously, we mentioned the Chicago White Sox clinched the AL Central, the AL Central, one of the worst divisions, of, and probably definitely the worst division in baseball, I'll give that title to. The Dodgers have made it, and the Houston Astros, it looks like are going to make it, they're about five games up on Seattle or Oakland, so their magic number is one. Uh, Brox, I guess we'll go with you. Who's the biggest surprise out of this group? I guess we'll go with the Giants is, is the generic answer. I think we would both agree with you. But aside from the Giants, I mean, who else are you kind of a little surprised with? Or did you expect all of these teams uh, come October to really be there? I would say like a surprise and also in like in, impress me is probably mm-hmm. the Brewers. Because, I mean, I was honestly, I, I picked the Cardinals one the division, but the Brewers, man, like, because of the three-headed monster, man, um, in their rotation, I mean, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta just absolutely being lights out. Guys like um, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Tellez, um, Navarez, like, those, like, under-the-radar guys just producing for the – oh, what's his name? Uh, Colton Wong, too, having a good year. Um, I don't know, just some, like, under-the-radar guys coming out this year. I mean, Woodruff – was pretty decent his past few years, but this Burns is really good good this year. Peralta is obviously insane. Um, they just they clicked at the right time. Josh Hader gave up three runs this year. I don't know. He won up to Jose Peraza, subtle flex. But um, no, I think it's definitely the Brewers. I was not expecting to win the division, and the way they, I mean, they're not in the great division, but they absolutely dominated this year on the mound. So we'll see what happens. It could be. Um, surprise playoff team, but I feel like their offense is not enough for the playoffs. Unless Yelich gets hot, which you can't doubt, one of the best players in the league. So, um, yeah, I'll go definitely with the Brewers. Yeah, I'd agree with you 100%. I think, honestly, all these other teams, I kind of, like when we did our preseason predictions, I had them in the playoffs, except the Brewers, I want to say, is the one team that I didn't. I'm putting a star next to the Astros because I'm not 100% sure if I stole, if I picked the Astros, but if I didn't, it was probably out of spite. So I'll go with them. Like, the Brewers definitely have impressed me the most, like you said. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, Devin Williams has also been very good for them after getting off to a little bit of a rough start, kind of regained that 2020 form. And, yeah, we've said this for a while, how good their pitching is and can their hitting hold up in October because there's a constant trend that you see is in October, the bats really go quiet. And, like, if you're a good hitter in the regular season, come postseason, I mean – you're probably like you're going to struggle a little bit. So pitching steps up. I'm expecting the Brewers pitching uh, to carry them. And it just I guess it's going to how far can it take them? We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, you mentioned Hayter and Williams out of the bullpen can really shorten games. And I get, obviously we'll give you guys more of that insight uh, 
in our next episode next week before all of these wildcard games go and the ALDS goes and the NLDS. So we can give you guys a preview of that. Uh, it's going to leave it off, Brox. I guess we'll go to award predictions, right? We got one week left. It'll, for the most part, most of these guys have built their resumes, built up their stats and stuff like that. So, listen, we don't have MVP votes. We don't have Cy Young votes. But, I mean, our our, our predictions are, aren't so bad. So, you know what I mean? Let's continue them. I think I will start with the AL Cy Young. I know I had Garrett Cole winning the Cy Young preseason. And, honestly, I'm going to stay with it right now. Cole, 16 wins, just over a three ERA. Uh, 12.2 strikeouts per nine innings, which again is the best in the American League. Uh, has a slightly lower WAR than Robbie Ray, but at the end of the day, I think Cole's name factor will kind of help him a little bit in this. I think him and Ray are kind of a two-horse race, so uh, I'll go with Cole here. I don't know if I want to expand a little more because possibly you have Ray and you can uh, shed some light on us. I mean, I I don't watch Robbie Ray enough. Um, I've seen Cole plenty of times this year. I'm going to have to go Robbie Ray, though. Just It's honestly the surprise factor. Like, um, guy had a decent year last year when he got traded to the Blue Jays, but I was not expecting him to be that, that much of a decent pitcher this year for them. I and mean, they needed some help in the rotation where they got Matson and Roark um, behind Ryu. I think Ryu was going to be their ace, but um, I'm going to have to go with Robbie Ray. He's had a great year, man. Like, I think – the Blue Jays needed someone to step up, and he's had a great year in the mound. I'm, I don't know his exact stats. I don't. I'm pretty sure I haven't even watched it. Um, one Robbie Ray start this year, but I mean, I don't want to be biased. I I don't like Garrett Cole being the Yankees, but I'm just gonna go Ray just to see because you know right now I think it's 50-50, but I'll just go with Ray just to see you know once they give out the awards, see which one of us is right. Yeah, listen, Ray does have about seven more strikeouts than Garrett Cole. Does have slightly less, a uh, slightly more. Innings pitched, I believe, because uh, I don't think he missed as much. I'm not going to redo it. Fuck me. I don't have it in front of me. Give me a second. Yeah, Ray does have a couple more strikeouts than Garrett Cole. He does have a higher war as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I think potentially those two could even face off in a wild card game next Tuesday. Who knows? Um, I guess we'll just keep it with Cy Young. We'll go to the National League. My prediction was Walker Bueller, and Walker Bueller had had a great year. He kind of slowed off a little bit in September. Maybe you could say fatigue a little bit, but I'm going to go with Walker Bueller's new teammate, Max Scherzer, a guy who wasn't even originally named to the All-Star team, has absolutely lit it up in the second half. Since he went over to the Dodgers, he's been unhittable. Uh, 15-4 and with a 2.28 ERA this year. He just gets better with age. Uh, I believe this would be Scherzer's third or maybe even fourth Cy Young. So uh, I'm going to go with Scherzer here. And I think, honestly, there's a couple other really good guys in the National League. Obviously, Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns. Uh, it's a shame that Jacob DeGrom wasn't able to pitch the complete season. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Max Scherzer here. Um, I mean, yeah, I, my preseason vote was De- DeGrom. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he would have won it, honestly, if he stayed healthy. But guess what? He did not stay healthy. So, therefore, he does not deserve it at all. Um. I'm going to be a little petty here. I do not want to go Zach Wheeler just because the Mets not paying him his money. So I'm going to go with um, Scherzer with you. I think Scherzer's had a really good year, and he actually he's pitched unbelievable for the Dodgers. I mean, that's what happens. You go to a good team with a great defense, and they're going to score some runs for you. I mean, you can't blame the guy for just being a better pitcher. So I think the Dodgers, I mean, maybe the wild card game, I mean, just turn the Scherzer, man, with this guy's uh, veteran leadership, like his experience. So I'm definitely going to go Scherzer. Yeah, I think it's crazy as it sounds, even with Walker Bueller's postseason pedigree these last couple of years, even with Clayton Kershaw on your team, even with Julio Urias, who leads the National League in wins. Um, 
you're going with Max Scherzer for sure. If you ask me, uh, come the wild card and a wild card game, if they end up not winning the division, uh, we'll stay in the NL. We'll go with NL MVP. I think there's a couple of quality candidates here. I think some guys like Trey Turner, who again was even a trade. Max Muncy will get a little overshadowed. Um, even the Atlanta guys, Austin Riley, I mentioned. Freddie Freeman's another good one. But uh, I think realistically, if you ask me, it boils down to two people between Fernando Tatis and Bryce Harper, two guys who probably will not be in the playoffs. And similarly to how in 2015, when he won the award, his team didn't make the playoffs. I think Bryce Harper will end up taking this award. Again, a guy who didn't make the All-Star team even this year, batting 313, 34 home runs this season. He has an OPS plus of 183, which is just absurd. He's uh, His OPS is over 1,000. Uh, he does have a lower war than Fernando Tatis Jr., but I think one thing that will definitely play to his favor is that Harper played more games than Tatis. I believe he played, like, not too, too many more, but obviously Tatis was a little banged up and stuff like that. Um, some people might point to Tatis's fielding, too. He was, like, kind of a real—he was a poor defender at shortstop this year. But, again, I will give Tatis credit for moving over to the outfield, really, because they needed him. Uh, there, San Diego, so they could get a couple other bats in the order. I wouldn't be mad at all if it's Tatis. I'd be honestly which, well, just as happy. I don't really have a preference here. But yeah, I'll go with Bryce Harper again. Somehow, it almost seems like Bryce Harper was overrated, if you would ask me, in the beginning of his career, and now he's like underrated. Bryce Harper's still only like 28 years old, which is absurd. Uh, it feels like he's been here forever because he came up when he was 19. But yeah, I'll take Bryce Harper here getting his second MVP award in his second city. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say this. I agree with you. I'm going to go Harper, too. But um, his old teammate, Juan Soto, has had an absolutely insane second half. This guy is just absolutely an insane hitter. I think in the next five years, he'll become the best hitter in baseball. Um, he's, these people are, pitchers are so scared to throw to, to pitch them. He walks so much, and he still gets on base. Like, this guy, month of September has been absolutely insane. If I'm not mistaken, he's batting, like, a shade under 450, like, which is absolutely insane. Um, I think if he was on a better team, probably put a little better numbers, um, and he could have won the MVP this year, even though guys like, you know, Harper and Tatis had insane years, too. But I really like Soto this year. Um, but he he did get hurt a little bit, and I think um, – I think just Harper, the way he performed after the All-Star break, um, almost bringing the Phillies to the playoffs. I mean, we don't know yet if they're going to make it. Probably not, but Harper's been absolutely insane. So I'm going to ride with you, go Harper, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention Juan Soto in that group of players that I mentioned in the National League because, yeah, the guy leads the league in on-base percentage. He's hitting 322. He is just unbelievable in a sense that, yeah, you're right. He doesn't really have any protection in that order. He's just – pitchers are scared to pitch to him. Uh, Again, maybe I wasn't. I'm not gonna say I was like. We've we've always talked about the three being Tatis, Acuna, and Soto. Like going into the year about like, oh, who's really the star of baseball in that sense? Because those three National League players and stuff like that all kind of came up around the same time too. Uh, with Tatis being maybe a year after, but. Again, like I, I'd always maybe put Soto like third there. I think it was more of a race who's first between Tatis and Acuna. But Juan Soto, deservingly so, should be right neck and neck, obviously, with those two guys. And honestly, he's had an unbelievable season. I mean, he leads the league in walks, too. Walked 138 times in 145 games, which is just incredible. Um, yeah, so he definitely deserves some MVP love. And honestly, he's right. I think he's honestly a more worthy candidate than some of the guys I even mentioned. I think he's right up there with Tatis and Bryce Harper. And I think I agree with you in the sense that because the Nationals have been so poor this year, it's going to work against them. But kind of brings us to our last thing, Brax, the American League MVP race. I think a lot of people will say it's between two guys. 
I think Vladdy missing out, it looks like on the triple crown would kind of hurt his stock. But honestly, even so, there's just no way if you ask me, they don't give it to Shohei Otani. I mean, the guy has a full point is a full point above the second place leader in war. When you combine his hitting and pitching war, uh, Again, it's just like what he brings to the table, how different he is. Uh, 40, 46 home runs he has this year on the mound, or 45 home runs he has this year on the mound. He's got under a three ERA. It's just unprecedented what he's doing uh, in this day and age. So, yeah, I think he will get the uh, American League MVP award, not to take anything away from Vladdy, but I just think ultimately it just sucks that Otani has to be there to uh, kind of rob him of the award. I'm not going to lie. Um, the beginning of September, it was creeping in my mind, man, that Vladdy could potentially win the MVP in the AL. But um, he didn't, like, sustain. Like, he's still having it. Like, the last few weeks have been fine. But I just think um, you can't overtake what Otani's done. I mean, on the mounds, at the plate. Like, I think, honestly, I think on the mounds, almost more impressive at this point, keeping him under three or a, and also hitting 45 nukes, you know, Ho hum, like something crazy like that. Um, I think it's be one of the biggest no brainers in history now. Like even Vladdy almost going for the triple crown, and people are still going to vote um, uh, Otani be MVP. So I think that just shows how what a historic season he had. Yeah, for sure. I think if Vladdy would have gotten the triple crown, which I mean technically, I think he's still like able to. I mean, he's tied right now with Salvador Perez in home runs, which also Salvador Perez does not get enough love to. Most home runs by a catcher in a single season. That's unbelievable. He's played like almost every single game too. So hats off to Perez. But yeah, RBIs, he's just trailing by a bit too much. It doesn't look like he's gonna be able to overcome that. So uh, a couple other guys in Toronto too. Marcus Simeon's had a phenomenal year. Teoscar Hernandez even too will get some love. And yeah, I just I feel bad for Vladdy in a sense. I'm just happy he's uh on the top of his game. And I think who he, I think he would trade that MVP award if it means uh the Blue Jays getting into the playoffs and even potentially winning the World Series, which is something unfortunately that we won't get to see from Otani because the Angels just uh losing Mike Trout is just too much to overcome. Hopefully Trout can get healthy next year and him and Otani can finally give a full season of both of them in the lineup. Even Anthony Rendon too. Maybe he can wind back the clock a little bit. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Brox, anything you want to leave off with? I'm done with baseball, man. I'm done with the Mets. The Mets, they killed this game for me every year, man. Um, <laughs> I, hope it's a, I hope it's a good good final week. Um, I, hope it's, I hope it's a crazy Sunday. Like in 2011, I hope it's a crazy Sunday. That's what I hope for. Yeah, you know what I mean? Chaos is always great when your team's not involved. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, I hope my, that my Yankees can take care of business early and we don't have to sweat it out on Sunday. But, yeah, next week, early on, before any of the wild card games go, we will definitely give you guys a preview of our the whole postseason. We'll give you guys predictions and stuff like that on each of the wild card games, the ALDS series, as well as who we ultimately think will win the World Series. Because, Brox, uh, if I'm not mistaken, your last World Series our last World Series predictions were in July at the All-Star break. I, of course, picked on New York Yankees over the Milwaukee Brewers to win the World Series. And I don't know if you have it on hand, but do you remember who you picked in that in that matchup? I mean, if it was mid-July, I probably, probably stayed with the Mets. Uh, I hope I didn't. Um, no, yeah, I, if it was before the, the uh, trade deadline, then I'd definitely pick the Mets over so the White Sox. I probably stuck with that. So, so what I'm getting is you're going to benefit from a repick is what I'm hearing. But oh, uh, I think I will. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And uh, definitely excited for some postseason and October baseball. But that's going to do it for today. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.